What's up, Videolanders? I'm your host, Dr. Diamond Dog. Triple D. And with me tonight is my interlinked co-host, Mr. Miggity Miggity Mac. That's me. Quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook page at Adventures in Videoland. We are critics with attitude. In many of the AV podcasts, you'll hear some bad language, uh... but that's not really our style. So... We'll try to keep this PG-13... Uh, yeah, mild some... language, artistic nudity... Yes, yes. And just one neon breast. Just one. It'll be mine this time. All right. All right, fair enough. Also, spoiler alert, if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause the episode, watch the movie, and uh, about two hours and 45 minutes later, come back. And with that said, tonight we'll be talking about Season 6 Pantheon nomination number 5, Blade Runner 2049. Nominated by Jeremy Clifford, guest voter Bill Wheat. Before we get to any of that, let's chat about Pantheon. Mr. Miggity Mac, yes. what is Pantheon? Pantheon is the creme de la creme, the special shelf, the mm -hmm. top must-see movies. That if you are a movie file, you really like watching a video file, you really like watching movies... This is the top of the stack. You should watch them for so many reasons. Maybe they provide a foundation for all of our current cinema uh, 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 that's out there. Um, maybe they just hit on all the cylinders. Great acting, directing, script, score, cinematography, special effects. They are the essential viewing and they have the X Factor. They are the best of their genre. Now there's nine members on this AV council and every three weeks a council member nominates a movie and everyone uh, else votes yes or no with their reasons. They do a write-up and uh, there's a guest voter mm -hmm. and the Facebook poll counts as another vote as the aggregate yes or no of that. So with right, so that... Nine on the council. Plus one, plus guest voter. one... Total 11. of 11 votes, and each movie needs a two-thirds majority to get in, which is seven okay. votes. So we need seven of 11 to get in. Yes. Previous Pantheon votes, what do we have? Well, we had Taxi Driver, which got five of 11. Not enough, not quite. That's this season we're mm -hmm. talking about. This season, that's correct. Uh, Drive, which got eight of 11, and it is Pantheon. Uh, the Iron Giant got four of 11, didn't make it. And Do the Right Thing got eight of 11, and it is absolutely in Pantheon. So, before we get into the movie, let's do a little foreplay here. Oh. And here's my question for you. Oh, that's Since we're talking about it, mean, we'll see how the evening goes. Alrighty. Uh, so, uh, here's my question for you. Like, what, when you think about what does it mean to be human robot movies mm -hmm. or, or shows, mm -hmm. like, what comes to mind? What, what are things that you like... Uh, you know, the first two that come to my mind, uh, actually the number one that comes to my mind is Centennial Man. Uh, not necessarily like in the top five Robin Williams movies, but I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, I'm not sure that it's Pantheon, but it's certainly one of those like, what does it mean to be human, you know? Mm -hmm. Starts off as a straight up uh, house working, like house uh, assistant robot. Becomes more intelligent as it learns and uh, by the end of the movie is actually declared human. Yeah, and, and I, I was thinking of other ones, you know, you got iRobot, you got you've AI, got AI you got TV shows, like Humans is another sure. one, where yes. it's like, they, they wrestle with this kind of question, very similar in concept to having these androids who are doing work for the humans, right. and Westworld, the whole series, yep. not just the original uh, 1970s movie, but the entire current series, or more current series, it's all about what does it mean to be human and, and have self-determination. Well, and we were chatting before this, uh, uh, before we hit uh, record, uh, we were just chatting a little bit, and you had mentioned uh, some of the predecessors of this, stories mm -hmm. like uh, Pinocchio, Pinocchio, you were mentioning. Yep. And, and go further back, you had mentioned a yeah. Greek tragedy, yeah, actually, or, right? Yeah, Pygmalion, the, mm -hmm. the myth, the, all of these kind of get to the thing uh it's it's the essence of sci-fi you take a conundrum a human conundrum a, a question we we wrestle with and you strip it away from the human story and you place it on something else mm. to be able to then stand back and look and say what do we know about this question if we're not involved right and that's what we that's what we have here with 
Blade Runner 2049 is mm-hmm. is repeating the question of what does it mean to to be alive to mm-hmm. to be to be alive or dead or dream or think or feel or love or be human or right. not you know so let's chat about the movie. We'll run down some movie facts. Uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. This is a two thousand seventeen film. It is rated R sci fi thriller directed by Denis Villeneuve. Uh, <laughs> screenplay uh, by Hampton Fancher and Michael Green. Story by Hampton Fancher based on the original series. Based on Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. Mm-hmm. Produced by a number of people. Hold Andrew, on, who's that written by again? Philip K. Dick. Okay. Andrew A. Kosove uh, and Broderick Johnson, Bud Yorkin, Cynthia Sykes Yorkin, involved in the production of this movie. Music by uh, Benjamin Wolfish and the uh, the uh, uh, incomparable Hans Zimmer, who came in as a pinch hitter, yeah. as a matter yeah. of fact, and did and and did a great job with the music. Star of the show, at least from the awards that we'll see later, mm-hmm. is cinematographer Roger Deakins, edited by Joe Walker. It was in theaters October 6, two thousand seventeen, and uh, runtime. 163 minutes. It's two hours, 43 minutes. Yeah, yeah. that's that's uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not Titanic length, but, you know, it's it's not short. It's not seven samurai length. No. <laughs> yeah, that was three days, right? Yeah, well, Kyle Brown said you get a half hour for every samurai. All right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, studio, it was a bunch of uh, collaboration here, Columbia mm-hmm. Alcon, Scott Free, uh, that's Ridley Scott's uh, mm-hmm. Bud York and Thunderbird 1614, distributed by Warner Brothers. This movie has a, uh, a, uh, a packed cast of stars, Ryan Gosling, Harrison Ford, Anna, Daum- uh, Anna de Armas, uh, Sylvia Hooks, Robin Wright, Mackenzie Davis, uh, Carla Jury, Lenny James, Dave <laughs> Bautista, yeah. and uh, Jared Leto. Yeah, he's yeah. he's there as well. He's, he's there too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you read me the synopsis? Yes, uh, this is from Google. Officer K, played by Ryan Gosling, is a new Blade Runner for the Los Angeles Police Department. He unearths a long buried secret that has the potential to plunge what's left of society into chaos. His discovery leads him on a quest to find Rick Deckard, that's Harrison Ford's character, uh, uh, coming back from the original Blade Runner. In fact. A former Blade Runner who's been missing for 30 years. So as far as ratings go, IMDb has it as an 8 out of 10. Metacritic has it as an 81 out of 100. 47 positive, 7 mixed. Rotten Tomato, 88% of the critics rated as fresh. 81% audience score. So critics a little bit higher than audience, Mm -hmm. which for art house films, we've seen this before. Yes. Google has it as an 84% liked it. Tell me about some reviews. All right. So, for our Rotten Tomatoes, I got a fresh and a rotten. So, the fresh is from uh, Larushka Ivanzada from Metro UK. This is a rare sequel that enhances, arguably even surpasses, the mastery of its original. Harrison Ford dubbed it a cathedral of a movie, and he's right. This is one to worship. Ooh. On the rotten side. Well, Melissa Anderson, I get the little easier name to pronounce, yeah. assuming I pronounced that correctly, from four columns, she rates it as rotten. Uh, in the end, for all its pleasure, it's difficult to view Blade Runner 2049. Oh, I'm sorry, there's not a period there. It's difficult to view Blade Runner 2049 <laughs> as anything but an elaborate echo of the original. Neither true sequel nor reboot, unclear of its own identity. Well, you, know, you, you don't always have to agree with uh, with reviewers. You know, sometimes their point of view is just a little different. You know. Yeah, uh, and uh, again, eighty eight percent of the reviewers rate, rate, rated as, right. po- as 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 fresh. So you had to mine a rotten yeah. to find yeah. a rotten. You know. Um, so Metacritic reviews. This is also just going down the list of major reviewers that are out there sure. from Total Film. Jordan Farley. This is at the top of the list. One hundred, an exquisitely crafted sequel that stands shoulder to shoulder with one of the greatest films ever made. So apparently, Titanic Jordan liked Titanic or Blade Runner, <laughs> the original. I don't know. You know, we don't know. There's a context clues. Doesn't say. Doesn't say. Everyone involved is uh, is operating at the height of their powers. 
You know, Alyssa uh, Wilkinson from Vox rated it a 60. It's, it's not mere fan service. The film tries very hard to sustain interest with new characters and developments that draw on the past without being handcuffed to it. Throughout its sometimes ponderous 163-minute runtime. But far too often that attempt to be interesting fails. So from the hoi polloi, everyday folk, the everyday folk from Metacritic, the uh, the user reviewers, uh, we have that at an 8.3 for users. There's 1,979 positive, 157 mixed, and 182 people who liked Blade Runner, the original, and didn't want it to get remade. <laughs> that, I'm just giving you a synopsis of most all the negative reviews right, that are there. Exactly. Um so at the top of the list, uh, we've got Darth Kane. Gives it a ten. Says a near perfect movie uh, and a sequel we never thought would be possible. It touches themes from the original with respect, while expanding the plot and adding to the world intelligently. The cinematography and music is also exceptional. And then he goes on and on and on. Right. Uh, so sad news this time around, Mr. Miggity Miggity Mac. Even mm, say I have to tell you that what? we have no spangle. You know why? He's on timeout. Yeah, he gave do the right thing a two. Yeah, spangle. You are in the corner, sir. Yeah, ma'am, yeah. When, sir, ma'am. Well, and he kind of kind of went hard on that movie. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, he didn't like the profanity. I don't think. And uh, you know who gave uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine a two? Who over bloated? Overpaid. Wait, wait. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, My bad. I read that wrong. Overpaid. Uh, overpaid gave it a two. Overpaid, if you're looking for a new name. Called it. Overbloated. Bloated. <laughs> pretentious. Portentious. And worst of all, dumb posing is smart. For a Blade Runner obsessive like myself, Blade Runner 2049 is pretty much a worst case outcome from the decision to, quote, reboot. It combines the ultra-slow pacing of a Russian art house movie with the implausible action sequences of a mainstream blockbuster, has the intellectual pretensions but no real ideas other than some half-baked biblical referencing. It takes a lazy hand-waving approach to its plot and world-building. World building. For me, that's all unacceptable. Okay, so overpaid. Just going down the list of the things that overpaid does not like. Doesn't like. Doesn't like Russian art house movies. No. I don't know what his problem with, or her, we don't know. Mm-mm. Problem with that. Doesn't like mainstream blockbusters. No. And then doesn't like biblical references. Right. So right. In this movie is chock full of, uh, I don't know, all those things. All so, those things. Yeah. So overbloated, I mean overpaid. 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 Sorry. Gives it a two. Sorry, overpaid. Sorry, if you're listening, overpaid. we apologize for mispronouncing your name overbloated. Over, I don't think overpaid is going to listen to us or like what we have to say. <laughs> He's going to call us portentous or portentous or whatever. Is he mean pretentious? I don't That word did get thrown around a lot in the Hoi Polloi review. Portentous or pretentious? Pretentious. Well, okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right. And then from our AV Adventures in Videoland Facebook comments. Uh, These are from our members <clears throat> that belong to AV on Facebook. That's right. So, uh, going down the list. Got Vincent Suarez. Took a lot of time to come up with this one and I think thought it out well. And it was a hell yes. Yeah. Uh, and, That's it. That's the whole thing. Um. So, I'm going to hold this next one for a sure. second. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, I want to circle back on that one. All right. Then we have Scott Haired Liska said, I liked it, but it's not a favorite. Okay. Uh, 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 Alicio Pasquale uh, said, Hell yes. And uh, echoing Alessio, we have Emmanuel Obanda Garza who said, Yes. Uh, awesome. Just full out a yes. So I have a question about this next person. Do they actually have the little umlaut things in their name, or is yeah, that like I, a font? I, thing? I don't know what that sort of like Danish O is. Yeah, it's like oh, this, it's cute. I like it. I think you have to say like U. Like, so Giacovelli. Giacovelli. I think it's Giacovelli, but it's it, it is stylish, and I yeah. like it. it. Says finished my first viewing of the hashtag theatrical cut of hashtag Blade Runner twenty forty nine. On HBO Max, and yeah, I'm going with Pantheon on this one. Robert Lane said, I'm going to rewatch this one, but it's not going to change my vote, which is a thumbs up. Thumbs up, up yeah. A J.D. Karlowicz says, yes, it deserves it. Paul Roman 
I need to rewatch, but I'm leaning towards no. Yeah, didn't actually put a thumbs down on that one, but the word is pretty clear. And John, then Mr. Positive. John Shippy? John Shippy. Can't even believe this is nominated. This is a tough <laughs> watch for me. I was excited going in. This movie is struggling to be good, let alone Pantheon. The yes votes are surprising me right now. Yeah, sorry, John. It happens sometimes. Everyone is entitled. Like yeah. this is a, this is a subjective experience, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you were going to talk about Jesse. Yeah. So uh, Jesse, this isn't a sub sub comment here, but it was an interesting thought, and maybe we can kind of bring it back. Said, I hope this is okay, but I don't feel. But don't feel like really anyone in 2049 fits the definition of an android. They all seem 100% organic, but quote-unquote man-made. I know that's weird difference to especially considering the inspiration for the films, but the films are very different from the book. I feel like calling them androids takes away from something the film was trying to say about humanity and need... Uh, needs to have a class of people that's exploited and devalued for no good reason. I have watched the film maybe ten times, and all I see are humans that come into existence in a different way. It's like the opposite of Gattaca. Yeah. But it's this concept of that almost, it, it, like, in, re, you know, in WandaVision uh, recently, that, they, that this metaphor of the uh, Theseus ship, the ship mm -hmm. of Theseus mm -hmm. came out, like mm -hmm. where, like it starts rotting, and they replace board after board, and eventually all the boards are completely changed over. Is, Is it, it still? still? Yeah. So now you have all of the robotic parts of the android are replaced. replaced with organic parts. So now you have this ship of Theseus robot android human problem of: Is it still an android if everything is now? And it can procreate. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah right, so... Right? Not, to, yeah. not to ruin yeah, the film for anyone, but we warned him ahead <laughs> of time. We said that, yeah. Well, but no. I, 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 I read this comment, and I've had the same thought, because, uh, not to get too far into this, we'll talk about it later, but just very quick, very short little, little uh, 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 support for what Jesse Paul Barnes is saying here, is that uh, if they were androids, but you can kill them by shooting them in the head, you can kill them by drowning them, you can kill them by choking them. You can just break their neck and they'll die. Uh, you can stab them enough times and they'll bleed out and die. Is it an android? Or is it an artificially created human not from human procreation? And at that point, is it just like X-23 from the X, you know, the Marvel world of, of like, you've got this soup genetically enhanced test tube baby-esque being, being yeah. thing that we just kind of made right. out of somebody else's deal. Yeah. It'd be like, is Captain America still a human being? Yeah. He's been modified to the point where he's not even hardly recognizable. Yeah. He's a whole different body and everything, right? Yeah, and he's got a nice butt, too. You know, America's ass, as they call it. So. I didn't notice that. <laughs> Anywho, I thought it was a very interesting Often. comment, and uh, it was something to just to kind of like... Put, put that on the table yeah. and let it sit there let for a while. Let that sit there and, uh, and, uh, and mature. Receipts, man, do our receipts. You Run betcha. us through. You betcha. Blade Runner 2049, again, 2017 movie, uh, 164 minutes. Uh, production budget was $150 million. Domestic gross was $92 million, but worldwide, $259 Average ticket price in 2017 was $8.97. And uh, our patented butts in seats index, trademark, copyright, reserved. Uh, what we do is we look at uh, uh, domestic gross, divide that by average ticket price for that year. We come up with this index to do a comparison. So uh, 90, $92 million divided by $8.97 is $10.3 million butts in seats. So... You can look at the uh, the standard we use. The, yeah, the Fight Club the standard. The Fight Club standard. 7.4 million. 7.4 million. It's about one and a half. Yeah, uh, yeah. Almost 50, less, yeah. 50% more, right? Uh, by comparison, Drive came out. All, all, another uh, another uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Gosling uh, movie. I was going to say vehicle, literally. Came out in 2011. 100 Minutes, uh, directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. Production budget on that one was $15 million. Domestic gross, 35 Worldwide, 77 Average ticket price in 2011 was 793 So butts and seats index on that one 
is 4.4 million. Uh, the original Blade Runner, by comparison, 1982, 117 minutes, directed by Ridley Scott. Production budget was a very svelte $28 million. Domestic gross, 32.9, almost 33 million. Worldwide, 41. Uh, average ticket price in 1982 was $2.94. So Butts and Seats Index was 11.2 million more domestic butts and seats than 2049. Arrival, another Villeneuve. Uh, I don't know if it's Villeneuve. Villeneuve. You know what? I, I, uh, Dennis. Another Dennis uh, directed Dennis movie. Did, Dennis did. Came out in 2016. Uh, 116 minutes, $47 million budget. So a third of the budget. Domestic gross, though, $100.5 million, About the same. But worldwide, $203 million. Average ticket price in 2016, $865. Means $11.6 million butts in seats. Uh, very close to the original Blade Runner. And then I picked up Prisoners, uh, another Dennis film. <laughs> Uh, production budget was $46 million, domestic gross of 61 worldwide 122 When you do the ticket price and so on, you come up with $7.5 million butts in seats for prisoners. That is like right at the Fight Club That's standard. That's the Fight Club standard. So all I have of these, not seen Prisoners, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I did see it, and I had to go read the uh, the summary of it to remember it. I don't. Yeah. I, I will say, without being mean about it, it wasn't memorable for me. Who was in it? Do you remember I no. was thinking Passengers at first when I read that. Oh, yeah. I was thinking like, no. oh, okay, that's not that one. Uh, I would have to look it up. Okay. I'll look it up, yeah. But but it, it wasn't a horrible movie, don't get me wrong. Uh, it's a it's a crime drama. Middle of the, middle, mid-pack. Yeah. All right. So before we get on to the deep dig, Ooh. we have a nice little gift here. Oh, look, there's a card. The table. And it says... The card says... Greetings from the future, 2049, and there's an arrow pointing to, what do you have there? This is a bottle of Black Label, Johnny, Johnny Walker, Walker Black. Black. That is Harrison Ford's whiskey, and it's what was in the movie as well, although this bottle doesn't look anywhere near as not sophisticated yeah, as Harrison yeah. Ford's bottle. Yeah, he, he had like a futuristic 2021 bottle Beautiful. as opposed to the one this one. And in fact, he said he had millions yeah. of them yeah. well as he's living in las vegas by himself in a in a gambler's suite yeah, yeah. the top floor yeah yeah so uh thank you very much for this wonderful ourselves treat. a little nip i actually mm. do enjoy johnny walker black and uh so i certainly appreciate this whiskey so, uh, let's read through. I, I've got uh, some bits and pieces, some excerpts from uh, Jeremy Clifford's nomination. Sure. And uh, if you want to read the whole thing, it's on the Facebook page with the po with the poll that goes with this. Mm -hmm. uh, and you so, can read other people's reviews yeah. as well, but the nomination is all there, yeah. Uh, so, excerpts from this asking the, the question, do androids dream of electric sheep? That was the question running through his head when he was choosing which movie and he went with this one. 2049 breaks the sequel mold by continuing to explore the themes of the original like identity, memory, mortality, modernization, and what it actually means to be human but stands on its own two feet as unique and unpandering, having its own story to tell. The first thing that screams Pantheon in this film is the visuals. Uh, Dennis is known for being aesthetically ambitious but refined but 2049 is on a new level. He goes into detail on many of the shots. Mm -hmm. And I don't think any of us later on as we're talking about this will argue that the visuals weren't just spectacular. Two, two Oscars for cinematography Spe yeah. and set design. And completely worth. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I picked this paragraph out because it's a unique perspective that we don't always get. Right. Uh, because music and score is one of the elements that we end up talking about, Jeremy Clifford. Mm -hmm. He says, if you read my reviews, before you know I was an audio engineer, and that sound is usually weighted, a weighted area for me. Theo Green is an absolute master of the craft on this film. Again, they nail both the big and small moments of this film from that opening sequence with Dave Batista. Yeah, that was him, but actually good. Where the cooking uh, pans are scraping and the wood chairs drag across the floor, the leather gloves touch the table, the realism is astounding. 
I also love the battle in the water near the end where the film score and the waves crashing work so harmoniously together that the sound geek in me has an existential moment. I thought that was a very unique perspective, and mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that that was uh, heard and read here. Um, acting falls heavily on just a few players and mostly on Gosling. Of course, we have seen the silent strength with underlying vulnerability from Gosling a hundred times. It's his trademark move, and we talked about Drive this year already, right. which he, I, I, would, I almost think that they took, uh, when they were making K, they watched Drive, and they were like, oh, we want another one of him. Which is literally <laughs> the character that he plays. Right. With a little more vulnerability, though, because there's some moments where he goes yeah. into some tender, like, uh, heart heartstring yeah. type emotional The robot moments, in this movie, ro- robot Ryan Gosling in this movie, a little more human is, uh, than is human Ryan guy, Gosling in Drive. In Drive. Who, uh, I don't th- also didn't have a real name. In the movie. <laughs> True. And in both movies, wears a pretty cool jacket that, that like, uh, Brad yeah. probably wants one we, now. We, we, so, uh, Mr. Miggity Mac and I got a Scorpion jacket for Brad. From the company that makes them for the production company. And as Brad is listening to this, and at this point is probably getting his hopes up that he's getting another jacket, it's not going to happen. No, it's sir, I'm out of money not, now. Not going to happen. We broke the bank on the first one. Um, he says the film's weak point for me is the acting category with Jared Leto. Leto, I don't even know who is this. Is that the guy with yeah. the late night show? That's the oh, that, that's, that's everyone's the Joker favorite Joker. Guy. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Leto comes off as a one 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 note cartoon villain. However, he's easily forgotten the second Rachel walks in in a film about technology. This rendering of her is probably the best technology in film I've seen to date. And when Sean. Uh, Young speaks it so powerfully nostalgic that she ties this film's universe into the original. Mm, always liked her in the, the original. The film is more than a system system of cells interlinked with interlinked. cells interlinked with cells interlinked with one stem. Four point nine out of five. So that was uh, that's his review, and now we'll do a, our own deep dive on this. Um, so Mr. Miggity Mac, uniqueness and challenges as a Pantheon nomination, how is this film unique? So one of the things about this film that makes it unique is that it is, uh, it is a gigantic sequel. And I don't think the original Blade Runner is in Pantheon, right? It is. Oh, it is. Fair enough. So uh, I was thinking that there was this unique relationship between the original and this I know some of the reviewers said it wasn't a sequel. It's clearly a sequel. Yeah. It's just happening, you know, multiple, a couple of decades later. So uh, I think that that element of it, that it's just taking the story and continuing it. We have in Pantheon a series, like the Star Wars series, right? Mm-hmm. One, two, uh, four, five, six that are in there, but they're in there as a group, right? Where this one is is in there on its own, standing on its own. And I think that would make it unique within Pantheon nominations. But I think that it has some challenges in that it is hard to watch at times. Nothing's happening. The cinematography is beautiful. The scenes are beautiful. The shots are set up beautifully. Well, and and I tell my kids like when they're talking about like I don't like this food or this food is like I don't, this food doesn't taste good. And right. I always say now just make sure when we're talking about subjective personal taste that mm-hmm. you always add the phrase to, to me. me. On the end of it, like this food doesn't taste good to me. me. So when you're saying like this film is hard to watch, it can be hard to watch for me, for me, yeah, yeah. and and for others too. Now you're not alone because right. as I read through all the hoi polloi right, reviews right. and stuff, they're like, "Dear God, make it stop! My eyes are bleeding." <laughs> I gotta tell you though, I took the time, and you can you can admit that you were sitting next to me if you want to or not. I took the time to go back and watch one of the longer uh, cuts of we the original were there. Blade Runner. And, oh my God, it was hard to watch. It really was. I this hate to say that in public. Like this is, so there's a word from oh. uh, my, my Dutch heritage that we, that we sometimes use, sputten. Okay. Sputten means blasphemous. Now, my family would use it as sputten means blasphemy. That's funny. Okay. But I don't, that's not technically uh. the meaning. But when somebody says something that is kind of like, meh, you know, it's, it's sputten. For, for anyone to say, like, I don't like Blade Runner. 
I didn't that, say I don't like no, it. No, but you know what I'm saying? Like that. But dear God, there were parts where I was like, move on. Well, and I, I had the same experience where I'm watching yeah. it with you and I'm like, oh. I, and I tried five times before that to watch uh, to watch Blade Runner and it just, I, I couldn't get into it. And yeah. I know I read Brandon Falk had said the same thing about the original. For, for me, mm-hmm. the original Blade Runner, very hard to get through. It, it, and it I is. know people love it. But, but it's not my cup of tea. Here's the thing. When I first saw Blade Runner, yeah. before I had the experience of all these other movies between then and now, yeah. that have taught me how to move that move that stories can move forward and be grandiose and have all this stuff going on and all these gigantic sets and stuff. I didn't know that. And so I was experiencing Blade Runner like a kid walking through the largest toy store in the universe. Like, yeah. ooh, ooh, look over there, look over there, look well, at and that. It, and, and, it, and it was a world-building type movie, just like Star Wars yes. or Aliens, with the same, dir- yes. same director. Yes. That, like, it was this thing where it was like, here's a brand new universe, welcome. That's right. But I feel like there's so and many And it was movies, well fleshed out, too. It really was. I feel like there's so many movies since the original Blade Runner that did a better job of that world building or moving the things forward that now going back and watching it, it was tougher for me. Yeah. I get why it's in Pantheon and I get why it's well loved and I would not argue with anyone who thinks that, who, yeah. who, who, who really feels uh, strongly about the original Blade Runner. But this one didn't give me that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was long, but it, uh, the challenge I'm talking about here is that... Uh, while they didn't take quite as much time setting up the world building because we kind of knew the world already, they did enough of it so if somebody hadn't seen the original, you'd know what was going on. Yeah. If you ask somebody who had not seen the original but they saw this one, you said, are things like animals and real wood common in this world? They would know. No, they're yeah. not. Yeah, they're, they're absolutely rare, right? So they did a good job of that. Uh, and they also didn't uh, center the entire story on characters that you didn't meet in this movie. Right? Yeah. Like, they they either didn't talk about them or they brought them in at some point in time. But I still think that if you didn't have an idea of what was going on with this world, you wouldn't be able to follow a lot. I would also... So, along this line, I would think that an, another one of the challenges for other council members when they're looking at mm-hmm. it, when they're talking about it, is that, like you're saying, that this one didn't click. Mm-hmm. On another note, on that same line, is that for some, they loved... The original and this like like they really love the original and this one didn't meet the meet the expectations there's no there's that. uh so that would be a challenge right um right uh, as far as um yeah the, i get yeah, it yeah but i did have some insights in this movie this okay was some interesting things that i thought were pretty cool um uh, just that that revisiting that topic of what it is to be human that was an important part also um, you know, they did some really cool sort of uh, head nods and, and uh, uh, touchbacks without throwing it in your face. Um, uh, even something as simple as Gosling's character laying, uh, dying, we assume, on the steps in the snow at the end, uh, being Back to the other a direct yeah. uh, to the other guy, the other one standing on, sitting on the roof uh, in the rain, but he's giving a speech. Gosling's, yeah. Kay wouldn't have given a speech. He would have just quietly passed away, right? Uh, but, um, you know, that was kind of neat. The, uh, the callbacks to other storylines, like, um, like when Kay first gets, catches up with Decker, uh, Harrison Ford's character. And the first thing Harrison Ford said is, uh, uh, you wouldn't happen to have some cheese, a piece of cheese, a piece of cheese and call back to the Stevenson book. Right. And, yeah. but they even, then, then they even say, Oh, he says, you know, that's the Stevenson. Yes, oh, I read. read too. Yeah, I read too. So, you know, that kind of stuff was sort of neat. That made it feel more human, even though neither of those two characters were actually human. They're both androids. Yeah. Maybe. Well. Because Decker did. Yeah. That's there's like a big fam- question mark yeah. over Decker, but his eyes did glow. And yeah, yeah I mean, he has, he's lived a really long time and hardly aged in the whole dealio, right? So. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he could procreate and that that was a miracle. He's an android. Right, unless the miracle was the other person which shouldn't have been able to receive. The other person yeah. should, have been, I suppose. That's true. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. a lot of stuff there. But but there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of things about this film. Um, again, we talked about we touched this earlier the the fact that they made these androids, but they made them so human that you could kill them just like a human. 
Yeah. Like you could drown them, choke them. I mentioned it already, but the, the it thing seems that, weird. The the thing that struck me in terms of a, a particular insight uh, was how um, immersive the experience was mm-hmm. from from filming, cinematography, mm-hmm. and laying out this concept of an advanced world that's broken, that's gritty and grimy and more advanced than we are. It's gritty, grimy. It's and, actually back in the Stone Ages in a lot of ways, and yet technologically And advanced. that juxtaposition is, is like this tension the whole time. It's like, welcome to this, this utopian, dystopian world. It's a utopia yep. and dysto- dystopia right. at the same time. And as a viewer, it's mm-hmm. that's that 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 constant tension is is a interesting jarring feeling. It, right. At least that that was my experience. Right. It. I think they also could have really gone one way or the other with like why is the world so why is the earth so broken? Is it they could have gone it's environmental issues. It could have been like no, it was nuclear war. They could have been like it moved 3,000 miles further away from the sun. They could have done anything. In this case, it just is. It just is. Deal with it. It is, yeah. <laughs> you, know, it could, you know, we consumed it, essentially, yeah. So, uh, break down categories here. All right. Acting and casting, what do you think? I don't actually rate the acting. Uh, the casting, great. I love the cast. But I don't really rate the acting uh, all that high. And the reason why is, uh, while I know that this is Ryan Gosling's thing... This strong, silent, you know, barely speaks, but like yeah. brings something. Uh, wasn't my thing in Drive, you. and it doesn't work in this one either. I mean, not for me. Not for me. Uh, for me, it did work. Okay. It, and I kind of agree with the assessment that Jeremy was laying out, where I liked pretty much everything that I was watching, with the exception of the Joker. Yeah. Uh, like, just that was a casting issue i tell like, you what you, you, i like felt they, like they there was other people him out yeah. i felt like there was more going on with that character and they eliminated it and uh i had put together uh where was a couple of those notes the uh other people they had considered david bowie but he had just, he passed, just away. passed away gary oldman yeah <sighs> Right. Fantastic. Right. Uh, Ed Harris, even. You know who so. I was thinking the entire time? And for some reason, his name won't come to me, but Professor Snape. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, I thought, would have been like, holy smokes, right? But uh, i tell you something else. An- another, another character, for whatever reason, that I just never really quite uh, got my hooks into, my emotional hooks into, is... Uh, the 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 female assassin the other love drug. love yeah uh, for whatever reason for me I always thought this is just chaos this character is just chaos purposeless chaos at, at, to like a, a, a pointless large chaos like why is she murdering and killing yeah. everybody and then not murdering someone and then trying to murder them anyway it was like weird yeah. the, so me. the the other so the other person that I I didn't quite get into Robin Wright she was there, right? She was serviceable, but it wasn't like spectacular. Now Harrison Ford, great, love to see him again. Yes, he did a great job and, uh, pulling I, him back and, and just yeah. like seeing, just like seeing uh, 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 Edward J. Almost. Rachel walk back and Edward J. Almost seeing those three come back in, even for the small parts, was was really cool. Yeah. But I tell you something, uh, a person who I live with, who I will neither confirm nor deny, is my wife. Uh, clapped when Robin Wright's character got killed because she thought that she was a smarmy bitch. So, so there you are. Well, I can't confirm or deny that that is true. But it is. Period. I don't mean Robin Wright is smarmy, by the no, way. No, no. I like Robin character. Wright. Yeah, House she, of Cards and all playing, these other things yeah, that she's done. Yeah. But in this particular movie, her character was horrible. Anyway, directing and editing. I thought directing and editing was very was done very well. Good cut, clean cut scenes. Yep. Uh, did, did you, as far as directing and editing, editing, how'd you feel about the story arc and pacing? Uh, okay, so uh, so that I mean that pacing that could be fine script, but yeah, yeah. And you got to tell the script. So we haven't got to script yet, right? Screenplay and story. But yes, I, as far as the way it was put together, I thought they did a very good job, and I think that. Uh, you know, a, a, I realized that the that the Academy Awards went to 
the cinematographer and yeah. so on. But that, but that also comes back to the director. Like the cinematographer can do whatever they want, but if the director doesn't actually ask for a yeah a, a, a particular point of view or a particular scene, and if the editors doesn't actually keep the scene in, then you know that doesn't ever happen. So that's not ever seen. So uh, I, I think they did a great job. Screenplay and story. Here's the problem I have with the screenplay and story. Yeah, and I and I mentioned something to you about this. Uh, and it, it's got me, it's got me thinking that I've missed something really critical in the total of maybe three times I've seen this movie. And that is on one side of this, we'll call it struggle. You have these androids who want to build a big army so that they can step forward and take charge. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, you have these androids and their makers who may also be androids, probably who are trying to find the the androids who can actually procreate so they and the child so that they can take over. And there might be some humans in the mix, maybe? The yeah, but wait, who are they fighting again? So then Robin Wright is the linchpin. She might be human, but because, they all die like a human. Yeah, but she's definitely the human. Okay. She's the human. I, I she will, is like I will accept that. Jared, Jared is blind, but he's got robots no, now an for his eyes. Yeah. So like he is a, a cyborg mm. of sorts. But Robin Wright is the like representative human character who's right. who's then speaking on behalf of the rest of humanity that says we can't let anybody know that they can procreate she's because still, that changes. But she's also the game. still enforcing a law, a rule from decades before that says yeah. any of the androids from this particular line must be taken out because they won't obey. None of these androids obey. <laughs> yeah. So the, the that's the the there is like this tri like yeah. this this power struggle on a triangle. Right. Almost, I'm just not sure why the struggle, especially since two sides of that triangle wanted the exact same thing. Once Robin Wright was removed, then the, where's the rest of the struggle? Yeah. For it yeah. felt like where was the where was the tension here? Because everyone involved was essentially an android who was either trying to take charge or trying to take charge. So this next thing coupled with directing, cinematography mm. and locations. I'll I'm going to I'll mention this because any issues that I had any issues that I would have had with screenplay and story mm. are just for me were just kind of washed over because I was just bowled over taken in by by the sea. The world, yeah. The world. Yeah, the whole you know, thing like it just kind of draws you right all the way in. It drew me in. It does. Um, it, yeah. And the locations, you know, they didn't just stay in that grimy city. You know, they went yeah. to Vegas, they went out, like, that went out in the, 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 I'll put air quotes around it, the country, you know, where Batista's character was uh, at the beginning. And he went, he returned there at least twice. Uh, uh, great locations. They were all over Vegas the place. Ocean. With that orange glow. Right. Just incredible. Um, it, it, like, there was just so much to look at, and it was everything was beautiful. And it reminded me of kind of like a 2021 Kubrick almost, you know, uh, where every shot is a piece of art mm-hmm. on the screen. Uh, score and sound. I'll say sound. Agree okay. with Jeremy. The sound uh, was incredible. I don't remember much of the score except for bits and pieces and drums banging that made the tension raise and that sort right. of stuff. I, I, I don't I, remember a motif that comes back to mind I for int- me. I intentionally tried to listen to the music and what was happening. There were little bits and pieces in there. Uh, did, you, did you know? I always, at first I thought it was his phone ringing, uh, but it was the um, uh, 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 Peter and the uh, Wolf. Peter and the Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm still not really clear what that noise was, but it happened at key points during the story. Now he was uh, he was a predator, yeah, the whole time. So yes. I think that tied in with the the, the metaphor of. But the, the characters heard that sound. Yeah, they were reacting. That was his ringtone, right? But he didn't have a phone. So anyway, I'm not arguing that point. It happened, and they would respond to it, and it always seemed to happen right before one of these critical moments, yeah. right? So whatever that part of the story was that I missed, and I apologize, I missed it. Uh, that was kind of key. But I also paid attention to the music that was behind. 
So when he was remembering things, like when he was in that factory and then uh, with all the worker kids, and he goes down and finds the furnace where the where the horse was, which turns out wasn't his memory. It was the girl's memory that had been implanted in him. But even so, that, that music, uh, it was a variation on the dream music that he had when he did the exact same thing. So it was kind of cool that they pulled those two together. One was like this weird kind of, uh, mm-hmm. floaty version and then one was more of a realistic version but but it drew you into like the fact that he's having this moment like whole whoa what's going like yeah this was real special effects and notables uh, it, it, like outside special of effects. special effects there was like 1511 some odd visual effect things the one scene that comes to mind there's so much that you could talk about but mm-hmm. the one scene that comes to mind is the sex scene of his virtual assistant yes then synced and overlaid on top of the prostitute who yes. was really part of the yeah but other she, world. she referred to herself as a real girl but in fact she yeah. was actually a part Which, of the I, I noted yeah. this in uh, I noted this in the in, in one of the trivias because I watched it when it happened when I was like, did she actually just say that? That he says he doesn't like real girls. Yeah. Well, Ryan Gosling starred in Lars and the Real Girl. Right. And he was, I think that was a nod to that film. That's pretty funny. But that, also but, she was claiming to be a human, but it not was, Android, it was right? really the, the doubling up and the, the not quite synced, synced. Mm-hmm. It was just. That was cool. It was cool and it was mentally challenging where I'm like, all right, I don't know if I could. Do he, this. His character even <laughs> comments on it and says, slow down. Yeah. Because it's hard for them to sing. Or, or is it the virtual girl that says it? Doesn't matter which way. She's asked to slow yeah. down. That actress uh, who plays the, the, the prostitute, I fell in love with her as an actress uh, in Halt and Catch Fire. And every time I see her pop up in something, I'm like, oh. oh and every time, it, she's not one of those pick a character and she plays that character every time. She. Is a she is a range. chameleon and she's yeah. a has great range. Yeah, I really like her a lot. Um, so anything else on special effects and notables mm, uh, no. from there's X Factor for you? Does it have does it does the X Factor do anything for you? I, I think unfortunately I'm a little jaded by these kinds of movies, yeah. So I think that it rose to the level that it needed to for these kind of movies. So I don't know about an X Factor for me. What about for you? And for me, the X Factor was that immersiveness that, okay. like, it, 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 um, I was not, ex- I didn't really care for the original just because it was so hard for me to keep my attention and, sure. and, and stay with just because yep. I'm like, oh, move. <laughs> and it and was shorter, by the way. I, I, <laughs> you could fool me on that one. So, uh, I, I went into this one almost dragging my heels because I wasn't expecting to, to really right. get into it. But then and you I, don't watch movies this way. You don't get immersed in movies in general. Not all the time, but this was just kind of like... Um, a lot of times I'll have like a computer on the side, my laptop sitting on a table near me, and I'll look at the email. Eventually, I just shut the... I, I don't always do this, but I like shut all and everything else off just so, so I could focus. focus. So um, I like that. That says a lot. A one two uh, this this one was awarded two Oscars, ninety seven mm-hmm. wins, one hundred fifty six nominations. It was critically uh, just loved film. It got sure. best achievement in cinematography that we mentioned, best achievement in visual effects. Um, so both on the visual side of things, we had mentioned, and their about, visual effects were both practical and CGI. So yep. they they really did a good mix of that stuff. So uh, wood is rare in two thousand forty nine. I read in this. Uh, Nice thing where it says, as shown by the wooden horse K owns, and he talks to uh, the guy who I think is from Captain Phillips. Uh, yes, yeah, he yes, was in the uh, the guy that played the pirate yeah. on Captain Phillips was the one who was that uh, he selling. Said, him I'll give you a vendor. real horse for this because the wood is so valuable. But Neander Wallace's house is made almost entirely out of wood to mm-hmm. show how wealthy he is, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a that was a wonderful little uh, connection point. Uh, the movie's released on, in the U.S. on October 6, 2017, just 10 years and one day after the final cut of the version of Blade Runner, Blade Runner in 1982, mm-hmm. uh, released in Los Angeles. It also premiered 35 years after the re- original release in 1982. Um, 
the shooting scene, uh, the shooting of the scene in Vegas with the orange hue was inspired by Roger Deakins seeing a dust storm in at the Sydney Opera House in Australia, and uh, and then director Dennis Villanueva uh, suggested adding a giant erotic statue. So thank you, Dennis. Mm, thank right? you. you know, yeah. Thank you. Um, that the text that uh, of the baseline that Kay must recite is uh, from Vladimir Nabokov's Pale Fire, mm -hmm. uh, a poem, the novel that Joy volunteers to read Kay. Read number seven right there. Sure. While shooting the fight scene, Harrison Ford accidentally punched Ryan Gosling in the face. And then as an apology, uh, he invited Gosling to share a bottle of scotch with him. Which is what we're doing right, right now. now. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to, in my mind, say... That while Harrison Ford could afford absolutely any bottle of scotch he wanted, it was black. It was uh, uh, Johnny Walker Black. There was another piece, and it. it's not written down here, where uh, they were talking about uh, with 19, the 1982 Blade Runner, mm -hmm. and uh, probably for this one, is that there's a lot of advertisements in the city that float around that right the companies don't exist anymore but they like do Pan Am folded atari but, yeah like atari yeah. is a brand but it's not a company yeah but there were atari signs and, and what they're saying is that those companies in that universe yeah. still existed yeah 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 that was pretty cool the little thing uh edward james Olmos. Uh, he's a of hungarian descent he famously improv improvised a line in hungarian in blade runner mm -hmm. mentioning that deckard is now new Nugdijas, which means retired, mm -hmm. and in this movie that an old he you mentions that again, same word, mm -hmm. and an old Hungarian woman is heard ranting in the hallways of Kay's apartment, because well, most of this movie was filmed in Budapest, <laughs> in Hungary. <laughs> and by the way, I would not have yeah. guessed that Edward James Olmos was of Hungarian descent. He is one of those people who has played characters that are Latino, different yeah. variations. Uh, you know, from Mexico and South America and Cuban, yeah. but he's actually of Hungarian descent, yeah. Um, so when Marriott wakes up in the morning with Kay, mm -hmm. uh, that she sees a little wooden horse standing upright on the side table, the left light, the light let in from the window, casts a shadow on the horse, and it resembles a unicorn. That's back to the uh, Im imagery from 1982, Blade and Runner. Also, I don't, I don't see it here, but there's a if you really look carefully at the horse. It appears that there may have been something, actually a horn or something, in the middle of the forehead broken off. It may have actually been a unicorn. However, by making it a horse, and you look at the rhinoceros and the antelope and the all the other characters yeah. that uh, Harrison Ford has carved sitting in his apartment, uh, they spell out the word Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the first letter of each one, rhinoceros, sitting in a lope, and so on and so forth. And horse, spell out Rachel. So Deakins, uh, who got uh, the Academy Award for this time around, was nominated 13 previous times. So he finally mm. uh, broke the, <laughs> broke the you, curse. You, you like me! You, you really like me! me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's chat about some council vote guesses. We know a couple of them Hold that on. are on the I'm going to throw a uh, caution to the wind and say... Uh, Councilmember Jeremy Clifford is going to vote yes. That's a bold, bold choice on your part. Jeremy, if you vote no, I'm very disappointed in you, sir. Facebook poll. I'm going to start at the end. All right. Facebook poll tends to go yes, and it's currently 63 votes yes to 24 no, which that sort of two-thirds, one-third split that mm -hmm. kind of is right there mm -hmm. is a little bit unique because it's not always that it's usually a five to one yeah. split and this is yeah. a two to one split right yeah. now or, three. or uh or three to one and and fewer haven't seen it there's a lot of yeah. times there's you know 30 40 haven't seen it so uh, but there's not very the many Facebook like poll, i think it's going to go yes but i think it is indicative that it is not as positive as other ones now jeremy clifford he uh he nominated dear zach which got like no votes. Yeah, and but then it was he nominated Saving vote, Private Ryan, which got all, all the votes. votes. It was a clean sweep, wasn't it? So now he's gonna he's gonna go middle of the pack and see if he can get some yeses and nos uh, up here. Um, currently, we have uh, beyond that, we've got Jeremy Clifford and Matthew Wade who had said yes, and Kyle uh, and Brandon who had said no. So we've got two yeses, two two nos. I don't know mm -hmm. what Bill Wheat's gonna say. Um, what do you think? 
Uh, what do you think April if April Hawkins might say? I don't know. I did read a review that said if you've got two X chromosomes, this movie's not for you. Well, I, I tell you something. I was gonna guess that she would compliment the movie and and appreciate the movie, but say no. That would be my guess. But I don't speak for her, obviously. So, so uh, this is a fence sitter movie for me. Yeah, that it is a six or a seven. Hmm. That's kind of where I, I I feel like it'll end up. If you were to mathematically go through the uh, you know uh, act casting, acting, directing, editing, da, 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 and rate those and do the math, where do you end up at an average score for me? Yep, for personally, me personally, four point five. Four five. So would that that's the again that's a fence sitter because you could you could say well yeah. four or five is in or you could say well but not quite yeah so uh for me guesses on the council mm. it's going to be right in the middle i can't tell you which way it's going to go i mean mm. boogie nights had six uh, six right. out of eleven but right. it could have gone another way with different people yep um the, kyle uh <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, where do you think it's going to end up on the council? I think it's going to... I think Adam's going to say yes. I don't know about Rachel and Nathan. I think April's going to say no, which would make three no's. I don't know what Brad's going to say. I haven't talked to Brad about it. And I don't know Bill Weed. So, ah, gosh, this could really just flip either way. Are you right in the middle six or seven? Or are you like four or five? Mm, I think it's... Six or seven. Okay, we're right in the middle. Once we're not offering needs, any insights here. It only needs three more yeses, and I'm pretty sure I can see two on the list. So, yeah. Uh, but that's just a six. That's yeah. just to get it to six. So how about this? It needs your, four more yeses. Your personal take on it. My, Where do you vote? My personal take is that it's... No, you, Gary. Yeah. Me, me personally. Yeah. yeah, me personally. My personal vote is that it doesn't quite make it. Yeah, and you know, uh, I'm flipped from you on Drive, where I was like, nah, I don't get it. Right. Like, I, I said, mean, yeah, like, I think so. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sitting on the fence on Drive, and like, I don't know about it. It's just, huh. and you were like X Factor, man. There's the something Factor about it, like, right? and it did it for you, and but the X Factor isn't doing it for no. you, but the X Factor did it for me, where I'm like, I don't know, damn it, this you movie sucked, sucked me it, in. Yeah. I don't like, and I don't like watching movies this long. <laughs> Most of the time, well, now and that I you're didn't into... like the Blade Runner, I didn't like the original enough that I would. I, if you said should the original Blade Runner be in, I was like, I can understand why everyone else in the world would say it, but I just, but please don't make me watch it again. <laughs> but this one, I was like, no, I, I get it, and I, I actually I liked it a little bit better. So the next nomination that pops up is just theoretically is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. You would actually have to sit through the whole thing. All of it. Yeah. 27 hours you would, long. You wouldn't have to sit through the director's cuts. You could sit through the, the original theatrical cuts. and I just watched all three of them with my family. There so, you go. Uh, Good job. No, I, I did. Did the it take joke, you more than a day? The joke is that I don't like these movies. Yeah, and that's it's not, the joke. It's just kind of like, come on, I've got stuff to do. Yeah, well, you know, if they ever made a movie called The Cimmerillion, I would not watch it. Yeah. Because I love Lord of the Rings. I like The Hobbit. I think you might recall a time you and I were watching a movie, and I don't recall the movie, but a was preview. 2012? Because <laughs> that was a fantastic <laughs> movie. <laughs> it could have been. But the preview popped up, The Hobbit, and I hadn't heard that they were making it. And I grabbed your arm, and I'm shaking you, yeah. and I'm like freaking out, and you're just like looking at me like, dude, stop. Yeah, which I is why. So I'm excited. like, oh. Dang it, I'm going to have to watch another 27 hours of movies. I already watched eight hours of Lord of the Rings. Now oh. i got to watch... Nine hours of The Hobbit, which was the shortest book in the entire thing. It's like two paragraphs in a Silmarillion, and he's going to make nine hours of movie out of it. Any final comments before we close out tonight? So I uh, do really appreciate this nomination. Jeremy, I get it. I get why this movie really rings all the bells for you and why it's Pantheon for you. It just isn't for me. And you can you can rack that up to me being jaded about this type of movie, or you can say that maybe I was overlaying too much of my feelings of the original Blade Runner. I, but if you nominated Centennial Man, he would have been all in. If you nominated Centennial Man, I would have said no. 
No, but if you nominated Mrs. Doubtfire, I would fight you. No, yeah. So there's lots of reasons, but he needs four more yeses, and I'm concerned he's not going to get them. Yeah, and I the uh, I appreciate this nomination because I wouldn't have watched this movie otherwise, and I ended up liking it. And that's what I kind of like about this whole Pantheon series is that it forces me into places I wouldn't have gone otherwise. Sometimes I don't really care for the movie, like Cabaret, Cabaret, which would. Like, I really, I don't hate the movie, would but you I, was, have I wouldn't watched, have watched it. Either. If it came on, would you have watched Some Like It Hot, or would you have found something else? I'd have found something else. That's the thing, but, but we watched like it, and it we fell in love with pieces of it. So, yeah. Um, you know, the, uh, so I, I, thank, I thank you and all the council members for uh, allowing us to be on this journey with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as always, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's conversation. Where can Videoland find you, Mr. Miggity Mac? On Facebook, on AV on Facebook. I'm right there. And you can find me there as well. Uh, you can find Adventures in Videoland on Instagram, adventuresinvideoland.com, which has a lot of other information you can check out. And it's been but, updated recently. It's got a bunch of new cool stuff. Go check it out. But the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. And you've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour until... Next time, Video Lanterns, Interlinked. Interlinked. What's it like to hold the hand of someone you love, Interlinked? Interlinked. Did they teach you how to feel finger to finger, Interlinked? Interlinked. Do you long for having your heart, Interlinked, Interlinked? Interlinked. Do you dream about being Interlinked? Interlinked. What's it like to hold your child in your arms, Interlinked? Interlinked. Do you feel that there's a part of you that's missing, Interlinked? Interlinked. Within cells, Interlinked? Within cells, Interlinked. Why don't you say that three times? I don't feel like it. Hmm. How about this? We love you.